0: Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. Our scripture passage this morning is from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. But before we read, let's pray. Holy God, we come to you this morning grateful for your holy scripture. Quiet our minds and give us ears to hear where you are speaking to us and eyes to see where you are leading. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So again, this is John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So I just spent a week in Charleston, South Carolina, one of my favorite places on earth, on family vacation. But when I got home, I thought, i Sure, that vacation is actually the right word to describe this because you see, when you're traveling with your whole family and three little boys aged seven, almost two, and one, it's not exactly a restful vacation, it's more like a family adventure. For example, a typical day included us on the beach and me trying to decide. How many fistfuls of sand is nutritionist? (laughs) Or at dinner time at a restaurant trying to figure out what our escape route would be when our youngest, who has these signature screaming tantrums, how we could get out of the restaurant fast enough and quickly enough before it became a really big deal. And also, my youngest son, he's got this affinity for keychains. You see, it's normal that when we are out in a shop or in a restaurant, sometimes he digs into my purse. He knows exactly what he's looking for. He gets the keychain, and then we hear it, the car alarm going off. Or we'll look out, and we'll see the trunk coming open. This trip was no different. One afternoon, my husband came in from going out to the car, and he said, well, the trunk was open. I don't know how long it's been open, but we know who the culprit is. Now, I will tell you that when I tell my mom these kid stories, she often says to me, well, Carrie, I think there's a sermon in there. And honestly, I think she might be right in the case of the keychain. This week, we are continuing our sermon series, Follow Me, on the I Am statements of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. And this week, we will examine what Jesus means when he uses the metaphor, I am the gate. There are many metaphors in the Gospel of John, and we all know what a metaphor is, It's a figure of speech in which a word or a phrase is applied to an object or action to which it is not literally applicable. In fact, throughout his whole gospel, John takes great poetic license in his account of Jesus, and there is lots of figurative language used. I once took a class in seminary called Psalms, Prophets, and the Power of Metaphors. It was an incredible class, and we examined metaphors in scripture and what they tell us about God. And this got me thinking, maybe there was a metaphor about God in my son's adventures with the keychain. Maybe our relationship with God is like an electronic keychain. You see, I can click a button in a parking lot full of cars, and my keychain connects with my car and it locks or unlocks depending on what button I push. This relationship was manufactured or coded by someone along the way. Likewise, we are created by God to connect with God, to hear when God is calling. This is a nice little metaphor. But I'll tell you something that became very apparent in my seminary class. Spoiler alert. All metaphors about God will break down somewhere. There is not one single metaphor that can fully and completely sum up Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And some metaphors are easier for us to understand than others. Take the keychain metaphor. Like the keychain and car, we are very much connected by God, created with this connection. But that's where the metaphor breaks down. You see, hearing where God is speaking to us, giving us direction, is a result of a relationship cultivated over time. It is not a relationship based on blind obedience. You see, Anyone could be in possession of my keychain. A thief or a two-year-old could have the keychain to my car and could unlock or lock it no matter who's doing the pushing. My keychain acts in blind obedience because that's the way it was manufactured. Humankind is not manufactured in that way. We are created to be in mutual, authentic relationship with one another. And in fact, this is the type of relationship between shepherd and sheep that is described in our passage today. In our passage, right before Jesus uses the gate metaphor, we heard him tell this parable about sheep, shepherd, gatekeeper, thief, and bandit. Both the parable and the metaphor following it point to Jesus as Savior, but each in a little bit of a different way and both with deep meaning. When he tells this parable, the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time, they didn't understand what he was saying. So instead, he goes on to use another metaphor, calling himself the gate. Now there's immediate good news here. When we don't understand what Jesus is telling us, this scripture lets us know that he'll try again, and he'll try it another way. This is fantastic news because I will tell you, I don't always get it on the first time. And this is where the Pharisees are. They don't get it. So let's take a closer look at this parable that he first tells them. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. The shepherd calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Once he calls them, he goes ahead of them and they run from strangers because they do not know their voices. Anyone who tries to climb in the sheepfold using a way other than the gate is a thief or a bandit. Here, Jesus is trying to tell the Pharisees that he is the king. He is the way to God. He's establishing rightful leadership. The gate is only opened by the gatekeeper, or who we can understand as God, for the real shepherd, who we understand is Jesus. Thieves and bandits, they have to sneak in. And Jesus desires a relationship with humankind just as a shepherd with sheep. He does not desire blind obedience, but a relationship where faith and trust are earned, not stolen. A shepherd spends so much time protecting and providing provision for sheep that the sheep learn the shepherd's voice and they recognize it as good and trustworthy. They literally run from all other voices. I want to pause here for a second and reflect on this. The fact that Jesus desires this kind of relationship with us is both comforting and humbling. Jesus cares deeply for us. He tenderly tames us and wants to take care of our every need. One of my favorite theologians, Karl Barth, describes this relationship well in his book, The Humanity of God. He says, In Jesus Christ, there is no isolation of man from God or of God from man. Rather, in him, we encounter the history, the dialogue in which God and man meet together and are together. The reality of the covenant mutually contracted, preserved, and fulfilled by them. Jesus Christ is in his one person as true God man's loyal partner, and as true man, God's. He is the Lord humbled for communion with man, and likewise the servant exalted to communion with God. Did you hear what Bart says there? Jesus, as Messiah, is a loyal partner to humankind. Jesus is our loyal partner when life is beautiful Jesus is our loyal partner when life is a mess. Jesus is our loyal partner when life is chaotic. Jesus is our loyal partner when life is unfair and devastating. He is our savior, our trustworthy companion, our source of hope and comfort. Thieves and bandits will come because we live in a broken world. It is not as God intended, but Jesus promises to be our loyal partner through it all, and that is remarkable news. But why didn't the Pharisees understand what Jesus was saying? Why didn't they get it? The answer is because it's not what they were looking for. This was not the kind of king that they were used to. It's not the kind of king they expected. This king didn't look or act like they thought he would or should. They were challenging whether he was God because he didn't meet their external markers. Because he was not what they had pictured, they were blind to what was right in front of them. It's no coincidence that this text comes right on the heels of Jesus healing the blind man at the end of John chapter 9. You see, the Pharisees were opposed to this, and Jesus challenged them by saying that they were actually blinded by their own sin, and that's what he is continuing to point out to them in this message, in this passage. But if I'm being honest, I can identify with the Pharisees once again. Because I don't always get where Jesus is leading the first time around. Sometimes I look back and I think to myself, how could I not have seen that? It's because I walk around with my own blinders on because of expectations that I have set on myself or on other people in my life or on life itself. And then I realize I'm going about this all wrong. Because when I set the expectations, I'm living as if I'm on my own and I'm in charge. But the good news is that I am not on my own and I am not in charge. We all have blind spots. And it's important to continually listen out for where Jesus is leading through the Holy Spirit and discerning what is our own will and what is God's will. Now, lots of people get turned off by that easily because people confuse the two. What's God's will and what's my will? How can you really tell what is God's will? Well, there's not just one way, but I will tell you four things that help me determine what is from me and what is from God. There's scripture, prayer, wise counsel, and fruit. Scripture. If it is not in alignment with scripture, then it's not from God. It's an easy way to tell. Prayer. God's pay attention to what I'm saying and what I am hearing God say back to me when I listen. What is my gut when I'm praying? Wise counsel. Talking and sharing with people whom I know and trust and who I know go to God for their guidance too. What do they think? What do they say? And then fruit. What kind of fruit does this bear or do I think it will bear? Does it bear the fruit of the spirit? Things like love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are ways that I can kind of think about, is what I am doing my will or is this God's will and God leading me? We continually have to listen for the voice of Jesus to determine where the Holy Spirit is leading. And when we listen out for Jesus, addressing our blind spots, and encounter him with humility and faith, we become free to see. But again, the Pharisees didn't quite get it. And as scripture said in verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life. And have it abundantly. Oftentimes, when we get to this part where Jesus says, I am the gate for the peep, sheep, we skip over it. It's interesting that Jesus would compare himself to an inanimate object. However, what we are continually learning is that Jesus does not do what is expected or culturally accepted or what we think he should do. And using the words, I am, words that would have been familiar to the Pharisees from the time God spoke to Moses and said, I am who I am. Jesus is identifying himself with God. It is so important to look at this and the deeper meaning that it brings to our understanding of who Jesus is as both shepherd and gate. Jesus leads the sheep to a safe place. And at the same time, provides the entrance into that safe place. That is such a beautiful image. But so often, we looked at gates as bad things. In my own home, I am certain my youngest child thinks that gates are pure torture. We have all the gates. We have baby gates, a gate on our deck, a little gated playpen, and you better believe we use those gates. And he hates them. If he realizes he's about to go behind a gate, he clings on to you like his life depends on it. He does not want to be separated from anyone or be kept from doing all the things that a two-year-old does. He doesn't realize that climbing up the steps on his unsteady legs could be dangerous or harmful. He just sees that others get to do it, and he wants to be like them. Yet I look at the gates completely differently. If we were to Marie Kondo our house, the gates would stay because they spark pure joy for me. (laughs) You see, I see the gates as a protector. They aren't separating him from us or our love, or limiting him as he thinks, but rather they're keeping him safe from harm. And they're actually allowing him to enjoy life more because he can play safely inside the gates. And when we open the gates, we lead him. Because you see, we have gone before him, and we are tasked with showing him the way. And Jesus is that kind of gate and that kind of shepherd. Jesus is not a gate that divides or separates. He is a gate that invites us all in to seek solace and protection and provision. I've always been struck by the beauty of the gates in Charleston. And when I was there this week, knowing this sermon was coming up, I paid special attention to the gates. The wrought iron gates are gorgeous, and no matter which way you go through them, you either go into a wonderful private yard, or you walk out into a bustling, lively, and equally lovely city. On one side, there is safety, a place for rest, a place to be fed, and on the other side, there is places to go out and flourish. Jesus is not only a voice. He is a way out of captivity and narrow space into wide and fertile ground. The gate leads not just to life, but to life abundantly. The gate leads to provision and flourishing. But sometimes we stand pondering the gate. It can look scary because there's unknown on the other side, Or maybe it looks too narrow to get through. Sometimes the gate looks like it does to my son. Pure torture. And that's when the thieves break in. And their voices get louder and it's hard to hear anything else. Because again, we live in a broken world. And there are thieves that aim to steal our joy. These thieves have names. Some of them I know all too well, and it's my bet that you know some of them too. They have names like comparison and doubt and self-loathing, jealousy, fear, bitterness, grudge-holding, addiction, lies, cheating, the need to prove ourselves, desires that have become unhealthy and toxic, And consume us like the desire to always win or the desire to look a certain way or be part of a certain group. The desire for a certain following or likes on social media. The list goes on and on. And when we let those thieves have the loudest voice in our heads, we begin to follow them. And they don't lead to the gate of abundant life. They come to kill and destroy We need to unfollow and quiet these voices. We live in a broken world where these thieves and bandits are running rampant. But I want you to hear something clearly. If you struggle with any of these things, you are not alone. The gate is open, and it's open for you. In another of his books, Deliverance to the Captives, Karl Barth writes, Jesus Christ is for all, as surely as all of us are not divided in him, but belong together as sisters and brothers, all of us poor sinners, all of us rich through his mercy. Because the truth is this, that we have a shepherd who wants to intimately know us, tame us, and help us grow. So whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, even the things that you haven't told a single person about, the deepest cries of your heart, Jesus invites you to bring it all to him, and he promises to walk with you through it all, even the brokenness. And the good news is this. He's gone before us, and he knows the way. And when we follow, he'll lead us to the gate and provide entrance where we can come in, And go out and find not only life, but life abundantly. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, we do thank you for your son Jesus, who is our loyal and faithful partner in this life. Help us to continue to seek and listen to your voice above all of the other ones. And help us to follow where you lead with the knowledge that you are with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.